Welcome to the We Forge On podcast, a show dedicated to men and the silent struggles we face day to day. From tips to deep conversations, we strive to give you a voice in a world that wants to keep you silent. I am your host, Soaring, and today I'm joined by Hangry Pickles, our internet dad. So let's cut to the intro, and then we'll have a chat about social media, streaming, and the fear and stress that's associated with it. Welcome back. So... Social media, it's a real doozy. It is, it is, and it gets so overwhelming. Yeah, especially when you're constantly thinking about the algorithm. You want your stuff to be seen, but as soon as you post it, it just feels like you just threw it out into the ether and there was no one else to retrieve it. Oh, yeah. I've, I've come up with, uh, that's one of the, the areas that I really fall short in. I don't do much of the social media because it's it for me it's a lot to keep on top of yeah um where i'm the most active is um twitter and i'll think to myself oh, i'm gonna post this i think it's hysterical and you put it out there like 24 hours i'm like wow. and you're like oh man yeah <laughs> i had a good one yeah I don't know. The thing um, that the thing that I've been facing recently is like I was on a steady climb up to 620 followers and mm -hmm. i don't know what happened but i'm just like gradually like stepping back i think last i checked a couple days ago i was at like 610 now i'm at like 604 I'm like i don't know what i did like i'm still posting yeah. um i guess maybe it's probably just because it's mostly focused on the podcast versus like my own content that i was doing like art and stuff right. i don't know it it's a it's a weird thing i remember last year maybe it was two years uh, time flies i have no idea but at one point in time in my twitter i hit 666 followers Ooh. so i decided to play outlast you know like you know kind of related um now i think i'm hanging at like 400 something 500 something so it's like <laughs> i don't know nope. and it's nothing you could control either it's yep. like it might be anything from someone wanting to clean out, you know, their followers. They want to like, uh, you know, just, you know, I no longer follow these people. I'm going to unfollow yeah. them for whatever reason. Well, or, I also, you know, I also know that, uh, like Elon Musk has posted a couple of times saying that they're gradually getting rid of the bot accounts. Yeah. So exactly. Maybe that, was maybe that could be it. I have no idea. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, I, you can't take it to heart. It's nothing you can control. Yeah, um, I'm sure people aren't doing it maliciously. Like, God, I hate this guy. Um, uh, I don't like guys with H's or names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grew him. But uh, so I, I have a couple questions for social media and I have a couple questions for uh, streaming specifically. Mm -hmm. um, really? Ooh, I lost you. Really? Again? Oh, no. Yeah. So this happened when I was <laughs> streaming with... Uh, cow joker so yeah. i have an iphone so i have the you know the elgato app on my phone and i'm like okay still not showing what the hell and this is this is one of the things about yeah this Let's yeah just roll with the punches if things yeah. happen just roll with it nope i am connected don't give me this shit Everything is just so gosh darn fickle. It is. 
Man, at this point, I, at this point, I'd rather just switch to being a VTuber. Like, <laughs> screw this. Okay, well, I'm not going to mess around with it too much, so we're just going to keep on going. Right. Um, I'm here, just not here, here. <laughs> You're in uh I'm here in the ether, and... Yes. Uh, yeah, for the podcast, you're just going to see a big old square and it's going to have a little tiny, maybe I might edit to where it just shows a better picture of my face. Who knows? <laughs> oh. Just put in one of your, uh, art pictures in there of yourself. Yeah, I'm sure I could probably do something like that. All right, let yeah, me pull up my questions again. Okay. So I do have some questions for social media and I have some questions for streaming just because we started with social media. It's just easier just to go through that. Um, what was your, this is not on my list, but what was your first start with social media my space <laughs> um oh years it. and years and years ago it was pretty much me and my wife started one and i think we were like friends with each other and that was it i didn't really do anything with it um but um when i started streaming I started my Twitch account and Twitter account pretty much the same. I kicked them off both at the same time because I figured it would be a nice compliment uh, to my uh, Twitch. Yeah. Having a Twitch. Um, I think my first experience would have to be MySpace as well. Um, so I'm trying to remember when it came out. I was very much a teenager when it was out. I think... I was just getting into high school or maybe I was still in middle school. No, I would definitely have to be in high school because we, um, let's see, we were living with my grandma. So I think I was like junior ish year. Yeah. I remember fine tuning the crap out of my, um, like all, all the things. Oh yeah. I got, so addicted to like i had music going when you got when it got into my myspace uh you know i had the animated backgrounds and everything like this is awesome yeah that was my so, first my first example of um editing with html mm -hmm, uh, yeah. i mean i don't do anything with it now uh but it, it was fun i yeah i yeah. had all the things like i remember it was a constant battle of who was your in your top eight Oh, see, I didn't even like it was it was a fight for Darcy to get me to even start it. Because I'm like, uh, why? Why? And I didn't really understand. There we go. Media. I'm back. Uh, I had to close out the app. But okay. yeah, so I remember editing with uh, HTML, having all the fun things. But for sure, the top eight was the the big, big thing. Because if, you know, it, it essentially ruined friendships. Like, if you put someone out of your top eight, they're like, I thought we were friends. And I'm like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to hook up with this girl. Like, I'm trying to get, you know, get me a girlfriend. So, I, yeah. You know, I, I put her in my top eight thinking, oh, yeah, we have a connection. And yeah. it, it was stupid. Well, but Well, it was like back in the day when you took someone off a speed dial. It's like, huh, what? I'm not in your top ten speed yep. dial? What? What did I do? And How then, so after MySpace, 
There was a couple other ones that were like similar to MySpace at that time, but then Facebook came out. And you you could hear about it yeah. at school. They're like, oh, there's this new social media coming out. We hope, can't wait for them to uh, let everyone else be on it. Because at the time when it first came out, it was only limited to yeah. college kids. I believe Harvard college kids first. Um, but then the graduates are rolling it out. And I remember um, someone sent me a link and then I built my profile. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I remember I had a crappy ass phone. Yeah, like this was before like smartphones really, really, really took over. Like yep. iPhones were around at this point, but like they were still like the like the the 3G stage. Mm-hmm. Pictures were still pretty crappy. But I remember I would use my mom's camera, take a picture of myself, then upload it to the computer so then I could post it to my Facebook. And for editing, soaring, you can put up one of my most liked pictures up here. (laughs) This is going to sound so vain. Uh, But my most (laughs) liked picture I ever had was me with the camera, like up, like up here pointing down at me. I didn't have my shirt on, uh, realizing after the fact that my, um, I was, I just got done with the gym, so I was putting on a new pair of pants. So they were still open, so you can oh, see my oh. boxers. And oh. I, you know, this was six pack soaring. Uh, I think I had eight hundred some likes on that picture. Mind Damn. you, at the time, I only had like like a hundred friends. Yeah, and so I was like, so. "Man, this picture got around." <laughs> And then, of course, school uh, girls that I was friends with that, you know, not girlfriends, they're like, come on, soaring, button your pants. <laughs> My mom's on this on the site. <laughs> Where you were like, I respectfully decline. I was like, this is peak soaring. I am not <laughs> going to get rid of this. And I spent forever trying to chase that. And it never happened. No. And it, it's funny because I forgot all about facebook somehow i don't i don't do anything on facebook like at all anymore i check it once Um, a week only because my mom is still on it yeah yeah i i jump in because most of my family's on facebook messenger is it still facebook messenger or is it just messenger now i don't Mm, even know i i think like i think they just call it messenger and i know if you open it up it'll say messenger by meta Uh, oh yeah that's right i forgot i even forgot that but yeah, I started Twitter in 2012. I started I all I did with Twitter was I just shit posted about things I didn't like that the government was doing. <laughs> and, um, and Twitter hasn't changed for many people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I will say when I first started Twitter, I was I was a quote unquote conservative. Yeah. Mostly because that's how my I was raised because, you know, that was their beliefs. They had core beliefs sure. that they wanted to instill in us, and I carried them out. And now as a 33-year-old, I'm very much different. Uh, I can't stand the Republican Party, at least at least the well, form of it now. I, I mean, without delving too much into politics, both parties should just be ashamed of themselves at this point. Yeah, so, they both have their merits, but they yeah. both also have their overflowing closet of skeletons. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So how has social media impacted your ability to connect with others in a meaningful way? Um, I mean, as far as Twitter goes, there are a lot of people um, that I've found on Twitter where they just randomly post something. Um, and, you know, I see them post uh, multiple times and, you know, I enjoy them. So I'll you know, leave them a follow and, um, and before you know it, like, hey, oh, they have a they have a Twitch channel too. Maybe I'll check out and hang out in their Twitch channel. And it's it's it went from like you know just seeing a couple of their posts, finding them humorous, um, uh, that following their uh, Twitter account, which led me to the Twitch page, and then becoming friends with them in their community. Um, so yeah, I mean, you never know what connections uh, you're gonna make, and that's kind of why I try and post as much as I can because you never know. You never know what post someone's going to see and maybe, oh, hey, this guy's, this guy's awesome. Uh, maybe I'll uh, you know, connect with him somehow. Yeah, I think it was around. So I started Twitter in 2012 and then I dropped off completely. Mm -hmm. I don't think I posted anything. I think it mostly was just like to get my news relatively quickly. Um, but then when shortly before the pandemic started, like right at the end of 2019 mm -hmm. going into 2020 is when I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll, I'll, uh, it in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to build a PC. Um, and then, <laughs> then for my justification for having the PC, cause I couldn't just do it for graphics alone. Um, right. I, uh, I justified that I would start streaming. Maybe I could, you know, make a little bit of money on that, uh, build a community. Um, I, I don't think I was very successful in it. Um, the whole streaming thing very dropped off relatively quickly, mostly because of burnout and just dealing yeah. with, yeah. uh, all the things that come with it, like trying to corral the kids to kind of go off into the corners so that I can do my thing without a bunch of, mm -hmm. uh, distractions. Um, but then right about 2019 into 2020 is when I started to post positivity on Twitter, um, right around the time that I started streaming and it, I, it led to some meaningful connections. Um, mm -hmm. it, a Harris Heller tweet led to me finding Raptor. Uh, he posted right. a question and then I responded and then I saw they had a Twitch, and so I watched him one night. And he, this was before he had a camera. This, is, this was him playing Street Fighter with a friend of his. And Fuck. yeah, it was just fu like, yeah, uh, we were still in lockdown. So like, I put my headphones on. I'm watching at night to like, God knows what time. Um, I didn't have to go to work the next day because I was on quarantine. Because through my yeah. through the work that I was at at the time, they from March to May. I essentially was off work, but I still got paid. I got paid like two thirds of my paycheck, um, which was great. It was a yeah. perfect time to like reconnect with kids. Also try and pursue this whole, this whole Twitch thing. Mm -hmm. um, but led to a lot of my big relationships with some of the people that I routinely still talk to today. So Raptor being one of them, right. I got connected with the people that he was with. Um, <laughs> I also found uh, Wizard of Time 
Yep. And then on Fort, that's where I found you was through that community. But then I aligned myself with the wrong people. And that's how I got blocked by Wizard of Time. Uh, still to this day, I'm still blocked oh, by him. Uh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I'll pop in a stream every now and then. But, like, I can't yeah. see anything for Twitter. And I hope him the best. Um, and there were some couple other groups here and there that I popped in with. Um I don't remember how I found Alabama Batman, but he's the one that led me to Tear, mm-hmm. and then his community, which led to Cal and Joker, um, who's been on the podcast. Also, Deke, when I do get him on, he's also part of that community, too. So, like, Twitter has been the catalyst for me coming into all these different relationships that led to the podcast eventually happening. Yeah. Um, so, it's definitely helped a lot. And relationships, and I think I'm. A, I feel a lot closer to some of the people I've been on Twitter than I've ever been with just people just coming into my life, you know, because of uh, association or location. Absolutely. Like, um, it, it's really funny because whenever I talk about the whole Twitch thing and uh, Twitter with uh, my parents, they don't get it. They're like, <laughs> those people may not even be real. You don't know, <laughs> but it's like. I'm closer to almost everyone in my community. Um, you know, I consider them genuine friends, even though I've never met any of them. Um, then most of like, well, I mean, I, I maybe communicate with like two or three of my friends from like, you know, my high school days or, um, but it, it's a genuine connection and a genuine friendship, even though there are a lot of people have never met face to face. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think people underestimate like how tight knit you could be with Mm -hmm. people on the internet. And a lot of people like in your real life, you know, you're like your parents or coworkers or whatever. They'll, you know, like you said, Oh, well those, those can't be genuine friends. You know, you've never met them, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, like, some of the most meaningful conversations I've had on this podcast are with people I have never met in real yeah. life. I've met through, I met through, through a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's definitely a boomer. <laughs> Zennial mindset. Um, because, yeah. And I, and I think I'm right at the, right at the cusp of that. Yeah. Like I understand the value of having online friends. Um, even though I didn't grow up, knowing computers or the internet the internet really didn't become a thing in my life until maybe i was around early 20s um yeah maybe god 21 22 yeah the internet really started kicking off in the 90s um because it was i know we lived on an air force base let's see 90 at least 1995 and like we Mm. had the internet but when we talked to other people they had no idea what we were talking about yeah um it was still in an infancy like military people had access to it and a couple yeah they got all the good stuff yeah well and a couple tech groups had access to it Mm -hmm. but like you didn't see like a like a full-on rollout to every other people until like the late 90s early 2000s right right yeah yeah, well, then... we also have to remember that boomers, like in some in some uh, zennials, like most of their friendships came from church or work. 
see that. I can see that. Well, because that was for, you know for them that was their that was, that was their meeting circle. That was how you mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know. In some cases, that's also like well, and school too. But like that was where the majority of the people were. That's how they connected, and then that's how friendships were were born. So mm-hmm. to throw them this wrench that you can just be friends with just anybody and never have to see them in real life is very, um, it doesn't appeal to them because it's not to them. It doesn't feel genuine. Well, I know, I know growing up, um, you know, uh, all of our neighbors, we all knew everybody. Um, we all knew we were all friends with our neighbors. Uh, so that's where, you know, my parents, you know, got their sense of community. You know, they didn't, they didn't have the internet. I, they, they barely understood when the uh, NES came out. They're like, what is, what is this thing? And why do you like it so much? Yeah. So what role does social media algorithms play in shaping our perspectives and opinions? Oh, that is a, a bad question to ask me because I don't, I don't <laughs> follow the algorithms at all. But um, if you're into data and you can read the data and um, uh, kind of decipher the trends and what's going on and, you know, what's popular now, and you can hone in on that, uh, you can really, um, you know, focus any type of social media to uh, greatly work in your favor. It's just, I don't have the time to do that. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, it's not, it's not one of my poor priorities in, in social media, and it's going to sound weird uh, as a, like a content creator who's kind of hoping for growth in your channel. You would think that like, oh, you should be on top of the data. You should, you know, find out, you know, how your how your tweets did. You know, where where the viewers are, where this is, and I'm like. I, uh, and this is me being honest. This is me being perfectly yeah. honest. I, I think for me, I get in trouble where I only focus on the numbers. And I, that can um, get a lot of people in trouble because if you have, um, you know, one, either, you know, whatever, Twitter post, um, Twitch um, episode, whatever, that's like, that's a really well. And the next one is like down here. Yeah. You're going to like, well, damn it, what happened? And it's like, and that's where you can explore the data. Well, what did this one have that this one didn't? What did I do here? And if you can replicate that, I mean, you can you can work on it going forward. But that would be you know reviewing the data, analyzing the data, picking things apart. And it's just not something that's in me. And that's probably not the answer that everyone viewing wants to hear. <laughs> but it's, I'll be honest, it's 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 me. I, I can't you know. Well, I think when looking at the, the social media algorithm, yeah, you also have to remember that it plays differently on different platforms. So TikTok, their algorithm is mostly f- like dependent on what you like on your For You page. So let's mm-hmm. say, for instance, like not even counting followers, um, you're just going through the For You page. The first 10 videos on a fresh account are going to be like the highest trend items that you, that are on the platform currently. And if you like any one of those first 10, then it's going to cycle through content of either from those people or people that are like that. 
and it's going to keep cycling. So, for, right. you know, for you, for instance, you might have coffee, bacon, um, inspirational quotes. Um, I don't know, maybe like retro gaming and a couple other stuff. And it's just going to keep cycling through that. They might throw in something new to say, oh, well, if maybe if you like this. And then you have me who likes D&D, uh, role play. Mm-hmm. Although that one gets in trouble because people use role play tag <laughs> and it yes. ends up to be the wrong role play that I actually want to see. And then you have Pokemon <laughs> and then uh, just random other things. And then they might, oh, well, we saw early on when you first started TikTok that you liked this thirst trap. So we're going to go ahead and cycle in another thirst trap because we think you might like it. And then it just keeps recycling all the things that I've liked. <laughs> so TikTok is the algorithm is based on what you like. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, right. and then that's going to you know factor into other people. You know, you're going to have a lot of, you know, mishmash, a lot of overlapping of different groups. And yeah. so as far as it being a content creator on that, I have no idea. I, I, I think, I think I have a TikTok. I'll, I'll be, I, I've never yeah. done anything with it. Um, mostly for me, I just send funny ones to my wife. And then I just <laughs> I just scroll through it on like I have like a five minute break. I, I literally set a five minute timer on my phone. Like this is how much I can spend. And then I just start scrolling through TikTok, just looking at things that yeah. are funny. Uh, Twitter's algorithm is completely different. I have no idea what makes a tweet or not. Um, it's all over the place. I can go in the data. I could probably figure something out as far as my content is concerned. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. But I think what happens is that when you post on social media, we have this expectation that if we think something is really good, that the world is going to perceive it as that as well. And when it doesn't align, like our, our expectations versus the reality, when they don't align, that's when we start to doubt ourselves. Um, you know, I have, you know, art that, you know, does relatively okay, depending on the certain hashtags I use for it. Um, you know, I have one picture that got a thousand likes, but then I have another one, same category. It's Pokemon, same category, but it's a different Pokemon. Two likes, three likes, four likes didn't pop off like the last one. Yeah. So like I have this expectation and then my expectation starts to get warped based on previous successes and then it gets tainted by previous failures. So then it kind of just muddies the water all over the place. Yeah. And that could even just come down to something like more people like the original Pokemon than the the second one. Yeah. Not like it could just be that simple. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of factors to figure out. Yeah. And if I post this tweet right now, Fred George is going to be on the toilet and he's going to see it. And he's going to like it. <laughs> and like, and that's the other thing too. You got people like, Oh, well the peak time to post uh, on Twitter is, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays at like 3 PM. Uh, okay. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to really, really dive into it, you can get that specific. And I'm sure for some people it works out. Um, but if you think, how many tweets are being thrown around on that platform? Your one tweet has how much likelihood of getting seen by how many people? Um, And that's something you have to bear in mind. It's just, it's a very, very popular platform. Um, You know, one person in a pool of how many millions of people. Yeah. Um, So if you do have a tweet that 
you think has an ex you have an expectation of doing really well and it just kind of maybe gets two three views or likes or whatever the hell they are yeah um don't don't let it get to you don't think like oh well damn i'm a failure um it's hard not to but it's you're competing with how many other people it just it yeah. is what it is just keep keep persistent um there's a lot of luck involved and uh just keep going yeah i think as far as my approach is i i don't know i think i keep tiktok as more of like a viewer experience for myself mm -hmm. i could make tiktoks you know i'm sure there's plenty of topics i could talk about um i could pivot towards the podcast i could probably edit the crap out of each episode for clips yeah. but i also have to take into consideration that i also have a wife two kids a full-time job i don't mm -hmm. have the time to do that um so i might just use do youtube shorts i might just pick a topic and i might just like riff about it um i have a conversation here soon with a uh, good friend that I, you know, I literally just, their whole thing is that they help people with content creation and they try to create like a content strategy and mm -hmm. they've helped a couple other people. And I'm like, just weird request, but can you help me come up with a content strategy? And they're like, absolutely. Just let me know when you're ready to talk and we'll talk. Um, Cause they want success for everybody. And yeah. Um, they've been loving the podcast so far. They've helped me critique it. Oh, I think one episode that intro was too loud. And so like I went in and was like, all right, I'm going to, from now on, the level for the intro is going to be at this level. So that way it's not blowing yeah. out eardrums. Um, consistency. Yeah. Yeah. But like, as far as content's considered, this podcast gets recorded. I edit it. I then schedule it for whichever Friday, 7:30 AM. That's when it comes out every single week. And the reason, and people are like, well, there's other times you could set it for. No, I set it for 7.30. That way, yep. by the time I get to work, if there's people that are going to watch it, they're going to watch it early on because they get the notification. But then as soon as it hits 8 o'clock, I can then tweet about it with the link and have that all ready to go. And then I can tweet about it, post it in whatever Discord, just before I even start work. Because when I get right. to work... My work doesn't start till eight. I come inside. I grab my route sheet while I'm penciling in what I need for my particular route. My other hand, I'm tweeting. And, you know, that for me, that's a good workflow because yeah. it's not taken away from my work because I'm preparing what I need for the day. So I'm just going through tickets, figuring out what I what all I need. And you know, I mean, they say, you know, whatever you got to do, you got to do. Yeah. And that's the thing about being consistent. Uh, if you're going to do. 7.30 in the morning every Friday, people are going to come to realize that, oh, 7.30 in the morning, yeah, new week for John. Um, so, I mean, you can't, like, do a Friday this one day, Tuesday another day, maybe uh, Saturday night another day, because you, you got to stay a little bit consistent with that. Yeah, It might not be the ideal time to post something, but who cares? If you're consistent, um, people know when and where to find you. Yeah, when the when the year started, that was one of the big things I wanted to do was be consistent. And I know I talked yeah. about it with Margue. I'm like, people, when you become consistent, people start to carve out that time of their day to see mm -hmm. your content. Or, you know, some like, um, I know there's three people that have said that I'm on their watch later list. Like, as soon as a new episode goes on there, boom, they add it to watch later and they watch it as soon as they get home from work. Um right. 
So like, it's great. I know changing the the titles. I used to have We Forge On episode dash and then the topic, but now I switched it to it's the episode, like what we talked about in the episode dash, mm-hmm. and then it's We Forge On whatever episode. I keep the pot the the thumbnails relatively um, clear, legible. I don't even put the title in the in it. I just do the We Forge On logo. Mm-hmm. episode whatever if there's a special guest i write the special guest um so if it's your first appearance i'll have your name on there but if it's not i just have your your chibi character but i don't know it's been it's been doing good uh margie's yeah. episode um just passed 40 views in less than two days oh yeah well, that's great um i think hunter's episode did the same thing Cal's episode, I don't, I, I don't know. His was kind of a blunder. His, his didn't follow the normal trend, so I don't, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Um, and that's going back to data. You can analyze well what what made that one different. Yeah. Like, but, you know, what happened on that one? Being consistent has been the biggest thing for me. I also have it set to, like, I'll tweet on Twitter, but I don't get notifications for people that tweet on Twitter. No, I, don't. I only get notifications for replies because if I have it set to likes, then my phone's just going to go bing, 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 bing. Because I ha- I tweet, I like I'll respond to a lot of things throughout the day, it just mm-hmm. so I have time for it. But I only want notifications if someone replies to me, so then I can make sure I reply back. Um, yeah, that that's one thing I did kind of early on, like. Uh, Twitter notifications, uh, all the notifications for social media. Because every time I hear my phone go off, I, well, first of all, I immediately want to see what it is. Yeah. Uh, second of all, if I'm not able to immediately see what it is, I feel the stress rising because I got to find out why my phone went off. Um, so I, I can't have all those notifications going off for like, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, YouTube, um, God, Instagram, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I can't deal with that in my life. It's a lot to take in because if, if all you're doing is just paying attention to the notifications that come out onto your phone, then that's all you're going to do. You're going to end up sucking hours of your day responding to pixels on a screen. Yep. Um, that's something I'm trying to dial back on. It's just not spending so much time on Twitter as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just a lot of doom scrolling that comes involved with it. People are talking about, Oh, the end of Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And then you have all these different, uh, dramas that are appearing both with, you know, like, uh, the tech community, the D and D community, all these communities, how they're all dramas. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't have enough time to like, I don't have enough emotional bandwidth to handle mm. one dramatic situation. I can't, I definitely can't handle five or six so. <laughs> or just the overall drama. So Twitter as a whole. Um, yeah. I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I, I have no tolerance, no time in my life for like any, any type of drama that, uh, that doesn't involve like, obviously like, you know, family or close friends or anything like that. Um, but just I don't I can't deal with it, and I try and stay as far away from it as possible. Yep. 
So before we get into the next question, I just want to let you know that this episode of the We Forge On podcast is brought to you by our merch store. Uh, until the end of March, uh, all shirts will be about $20. All hoodies will be right at $30. And here soon, uh, probably in April, we'll be launching our membership side of things. Uh, if you become a member of the Warfare John merch store, you'll get a permanent 5% off all your orders. And and you might even get a shout out in the credits starting in April. I'll be adding credits for um, people that have bought merch within the last month, as well as people that are part of the membership. Uh, we might even do a couple of videos on there too, but we'd, we, I'll do a poll on Twitter to see what you guys want to see there. But the main shirt I want to highlight is our uh, self-care t-shirt. Um, I We talk about a lot of tips of what we can do um, to help with your mental health and self-care as a whole. And so I came up with a shirt of our top four uh, tips. And if you scan the QR code down in the bottom, uh, you'll be directed right to the YouTube channel, which I think is kind of fun. I absolutely love that design. Yeah, so it. if you if you buy the shirt and you're out and about and someone's like, what is that about? You can say, well, you can scan right here and it'll go <laughs> scan right to Yeah, scan me. And it'll go right <laughs> to right to the YouTube channel. Uh, it's a lot of fun to have both t-shirt and hoodie. And I'm working on more designs. But for right now, those are the ones I want to highlight. So editing, soaring, uh, definitely put up a picture or two at this moment. But yeah. <laughs> Um, future scoring, please do this. Yep, yep future scoring. I'm going to push it all on future scoring, which most <laughs> likely I'll be editing on like Tuesday or something. But so the last thing is like, what are tips that you recommend for dealing with social media? If you don't have any off the top of your head, I can go first. Um, man, don't get sucked into it. Um, don't let it rule your life. Don't uh, like we were just talking about. There are so many social media platforms. And if you spend just all your time on it, you're just going to get dragged down into like, just never looking away from your phone. I, it's like, uh, take breaks throughout the day. Uh, what I'd like to do sometimes is maybe take uh, 10 minutes and I'm going to dedicate this time to Twitter. I'm going to, you know, follow up on any um, posts that I'm in, or if someone direct messages me, um, just, Block a certain amount of time and focus on that. You can do 10 minutes for Twitter. You can do another 10 minutes for you know, whatever other platforms you might be on. Um, and like you said, uh, like on YouTube, if you have uh, someone that you follow that just went live, if you don't have the time, you don't have to watch it right then and there, you can uh, set it to watch later. And then when you do have a free moment, you can watch the video, watch the video there. Or, um, or another thing is like some people you can just click on the video, let it play a little bit, and then just close out of it, and then it'll, it'll appear, appear it'll appear in your history. Mm -hmm. I use that feature a lot when I'm watching YouTube and I accidentally fall asleep, so then I can look at the last five videos that I missed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I watched. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, tips would be to. It's so easy to just pick up your phone as soon as you get up in the morning and just mm -hmm. scroll and then you realize crap i could have been getting ready for work but instead i spent like 10 20 minutes on twitter or whatever social media is your your fancy so i recommend don't even get on your phone in the morning 
um, set a dedicated time for that. If you mm -hmm. have a commute to work and you know you get to work 10 minutes early, then use that time to be on it. But the first thing in the morning, don't be on Twitter. Don't be on any social media. Focus on what you got to focus on, and then you can do it later. Um, schedule time for mm -hmm. social media versus just doing it in your free time because you'll find out that if you just do it in your free time, it takes up all your time. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. and, th and that's unfortunately the nature of social media as a whole is that they're going to keep serving you content based on things that you follow or like, mm -hmm. and their whole intention is to keep you on the platform as long as possible. Because if they can keep you on the the platform longer that's more ads they can serve you more, that's more, more data yeah. they can give to their their companies like hey you know we have x amount of users on daily this is how much time they're on and this is how many ads we serve them per day so yep. you have to schedule your time with social media don't just let it be a free time thing because like i said it's just going to take up all your time and, and if you block a certain amount of time you actually get more done in that yeah. time because you're dedicated to it and lastly this goes with all social media, not just any one in particular, but understand that comparison is the thief of joy. If you go on social media and you see, you have to remember people are only going to post about their best lives. Yeah. Yes. Especially about Instagram. People are going to post about the pictures where they went on vacation and they got the best picture or on Twitter, they're going to talk about that, you know, this, that, and the other Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. The, the main thing with social media is that people post their best lives, hoping that they can get followers to engage in that lifestyle that they've made for themselves. They're not going to post the about the hundred plus hours they have to work per week in order to afford that lifestyle. They're not mm -hmm. going to talk about the, uh, you know, marital stress that they have in the background because, you know, they're trying to show off this perfect life, but their, their spouse hates it because they just want to, you know, you know, have attention for themselves when your spouse is just doing everything on social media. Right. We don't see the behind the scenes stuff. And then we start to gain this perception of that's how my life should be. And then we can, we look at everything that we're doing and realize that it doesn't meet up to that uh, unrealistic standard that someone else has been promoting. So comparison yeah. is a thief of joy. And that's, that's a great point. Essentially, you're seeing a highlight reel of someone's life. Uh, life, You don't see everything that was... Uh, like when you go to a concert, they're playing the like a performance. You don't see the hours and hours and hours of practice and determination and everything that went into that one show that you're watching. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you start to think, well, you know, why is, why is my life not like that? Why, why do I have it? So, why do I have to work 40 hours a week? Um, yeah, that's, that's a great point. All right. So now we're going to get into streaming. Um, so you started streaming what I know it was before the, I know it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when, when did you start, um, your streaming career, so to speak? This is my goldfish memory trying to kick in. Um, <laughs> at some point in time, and I would have to say 2018, Okay. Um, yeah, actually, well, okay. So content creation started a little bit earlier. Me and my um, two younger brothers uh, decided to start up a YouTube channel. Uh, we called it Half Pass Gaming, which is the HPG at the end of my name. 
um, we decided just to play uh, some games, record them. And at the time, I wanted to work on editing. Uh, I wanted to kind of take our videos and edit them and everything like that. Um, you know, if, if you go to our YouTube channel, we have a few uh, videos up, but eventually it, we, we just, we stopped doing it. Um, my youngest brother, Zane actually started, uh, streaming, uh, before me. And I remember thinking to myself, that's actually, that could be a lot of fun. I'd like to try it. But oddly enough, one of my biggest hurdles was how old I am. You see a bunch of streamers and they're all like in their 20s or, you know, they're all, I want to say, young yeah. kids. Um, so I thought to myself, who's going to want to see a 40-year-old man streaming anything? They're not going to relate to me. They're not going to, you know, whatever. I had all these doubts that just crept into my mind. Um, I mean, eventually I just decided to just jump in and do it. I remember... This is going to be a long story. I'm sorry, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I watched it was a motivational video and uh, the guy said um, one thing that actually kicked my ass into getting started. He said, um, if you had started when you wanted to start, you'd be already doing the thing by now like a year will go by two years will go by and you're still not doing the thing but if you'd started when you started or wanted to start you'd be at the point where you're already doing it uh you're you know really good at it and you're having fun so i'm like yeah, why the hell don't i just get started like that that was the same quote that i heard for the podcast when i wanted to bring it back this year mm-hmm and and it just sort of like it, it motivated me because I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I, if I don't if I don't start today, a year from now I'm gonna look back, and think to myself, I'm in the same spot I was a year ago. So why don't I just start now? And a year from now I can look back and go, even if it didn't go anywhere, I can either go at least I tried, or wow, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad I started a year ago. This is great. Um, so I eventually just jumped in, started up. Zane taught me the uh, ropes of OBS, which I was incredibly intimidated <laughs> with because I was not the most savvy in uh, that program. And he probably got really pissed off at me because I'm like, wait, how do I do this again? Wait, I have to create a, a scene and add things to that scene? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, um, but it's a learning process from the start and uh i i'm so glad i started because it's probably one of the best decisions i've made in my life and um i end up looking forward to it uh when i start the week i'm like all right i gotta work but i stream mondays wednesdays and fridays so that's something to look forward to it's like a reward yeah exactly <laughs> um so my streaming started right in 2020 so um at the end of towards the end of february i got all the stuff to build my pc i built my pc and then i i so i did it i started streaming for two things one i wanted the justification to be able to play games um more than i already was and two i wanted to try and build a community uh we mm -hmm. were we were view we were watching a couple other streamers at the time and we really liked the community that they 
built for themselves. And I wanted to try and replicate that for myself. I wanted a community of people that would want to come and watch me. And over time, I don't think I was very successful. Some people say, well, if it wasn't for you, I would have met so-and-so and so-and-so. And so, so I started to not look forward to it. Mostly because I'm an introvert. I don't like, if I don't have to talk, I don't, mm -hmm. um, I drive in a truck all day. I, all I do is listen to podcasts or I'll find some, um, like a lore video on YouTube and I'll just put an earbud in and that's all I listen to. The only t interaction I have is with customers. It's literally like less than five minutes and then I'm mm -hmm. back on the road again. Um, so like if I don't have to talk to people, I don't. So I also use streaming as a way to try and be a little more extroverted, to be more open, to talk. I also do character voices. So I started to gradually mm -hmm. put those into my streams and excuse me. And so I thought I wasn't very successful. Um, my wife begs to differ because um, she's probably going to say, well, if it wasn't for the podcast, you wouldn't have, if it wasn't for streaming, you wouldn't have the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And then, you know, there's good things that are coming with the podcast. So while you were looking forward to it, I was dreading it because it was very outside of my norm. Um, the right. OBS thing, that that's easy. Like I'm a graphic designer. I can figure out the overlays. I can figure out what all I want. Uh, you know, I try and make sure I have like a really cool background going on in the in the back at least. That way, you know, if people just don't want to look at me, they can look at the stuff that's in the back and see what all I like. Mm. Um, so while you were looking forward to it, I was dreading it. And so eventually I started becoming less and less frequent when it came to streams. We did hit affiliate in June or July. I can't remember exactly when. Um, right. And I thought, okay, this is, this is where things start ramping up. And then my imposter syndrome kicked in. I started having really bad burnout mm. and let's see what else. Now, this is also where the, the doubts really started creeping in. And then I was also dealing with stuff with my previous job, the toxic uh, relationship right, right. with there. And so like everything compounded on itself and I just like, all right, I'm done. Like I might, I did like one or two streams here, there. I did a, a stream earlier, I think towards the end of last year in November, I did that cage lock with a uh, YI otter. Um, mm -hmm. But I didn't have, I didn't have a cam. It was, I think it was me just talking, but then I added a PNG tuber to it just so people had someone to look at, but like right. they weren't, they weren't successful. Like I was already, I was already off the, the beaten path. So, eh, I mean, it is what it is. Um, there's a lot of genuine relationships that came with it, but for me, it wasn't the outlet that was right for me. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a funny thing you mentioned being like an introvert. At at heart, I'm pretty much an introvert. I don't like if I go like uh, food shopping or whatever. I keep my eyes down. I don't want to risk running to anyone I know or talk to anyone. God forbid I make eye contact with someone. They say hello. But mind you, um, angry's in sales. <laughs> and I was about to say that. <laughs> now I do this, and my main job is in sales. So. A lot, I I have to make connections and I have to talk to people and I have to, um, you know, 
schmooze and all that stuff. And it's such an opposite of what I am in actual like Wait, what was that real again? life. What? What was that again? What the shoulders with the schmooze? Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna do like the tangle thing. It's just bring on the smolder. Bring on the schmolder. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so it's like a completely opposite person of a person that I am. And it's not to say that like, you know, at you know, family events or like, you know, hanging out with friends and I'm just kinda like but I, it's like I don't communication and starting small talk with like a stranger terrifies me. <laughs> so like yeah. the fact that I do this or that I work in sales, I'm like, how, how am I doing this? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from as far as like, um, uh, like kind of, there are some days when I end work and you know i go to make dinner and i gotta clean up after dinner and it's like a streaming night and i'm like kind of want to just like lay on the couch and fall asleep watching breaking bad for the 444th time <laughs> um but that's when you kind of like I, I gotta i gotta push through this i gotta push through this i know once i get started um because that's the hardest part just getting the motivation to get your ass up and get going but once it gets started i'm gonna have a great time i'm gonna get through it and i always do as as soon as i hit you know go live um you know i usually have the music going on in the background i'm kind of like you know boosting myself up and everything like that um once i start going and i start talking to everybody and we're having a good time you know i'm like oh i'm glad i did this and then just uh just you know bail out because once you start doing that that becomes a trend i yeah. i feel in my own personal view um if i miss a day the second day i might feel the same way and go oh well i already missed a day maybe i'll just take today off too or maybe i'll call it a week and start fresh next week that's kind of what i did with the gym <laughs> and i never went back yeah. <laughs> um so for me personally uh yeah there are some days where you just kind of you got to kind of just push yourself and i don't want to say that if you don't like doing it to force yourself to do it but me personally, um, I know getting started is the hardest part for me. But once I'm doing it, you know, I'm like, all right, this is great. This is great. I love this. Yeah. So I think I don't know. It's so weird because, like, for me with streaming, I just had such a hard time with it. Um, I let the numbers affect my attitude. Like, I would, you know, if we're in a low moment, I might mm -hmm. glance over and see how many viewers I have, and then when I don't have a number that I thought i would have then yeah, like see? the whole attitude just changes but the, the the flip side of that is like because now i'm now we're doing the youtube thing and i'm mm -hmm. just i'm just enjoying the ride it's like watching yeah. certain like yeah the numbers aren't like mega youtube stars or even just people that i already have in my circles that are getting much higher numbers but for me like the youtube channel is performing better than any stream i ever did that's um, great. And so like I'm finding a lot more freedom that comes with that. Like instead of having to constantly do content every day per week, I can bulk record. So I have I have Cal's episode, which will be a, the next episode. I have this episode. Um so like that's already two weeks already booked out for me that I'm not having to stress about having the content. Now right. Ne starting next week i will have to be like all right we need to we need to bulk record a little bit more so i have a little bit more stuff in the tank 
but mm-hmm. it's good that I have people like, all right, just let me know when to be on. Um, you know, I'm sure if I ask Margie, he'll have no problem with being on. Um, you know, I also have an episode with Deke planned. We just got to figure out a day mm-hmm. to do that. So like I have people that want to be on. It's yeah. just a matter of getting them filled in. But then I have that content that I can then take my time a little bit with the edit, might spend an extra day just making sure the thumbnail looks right for me. Um, right. I keep it simple, but like what people don't understand is like if I don't have a particular pose with our characters, I redraw everything. So like your chibi currently is like the sitting down dreaming of peace, love and bacon. But then right, right. this particular episode, I'll probably have you in a different pose, which means I have to redraw the whole thing. Will so it like, be the schmooze pose? <laughs> I'm, it just might. Uh, <laughs> or have you, have you seen the movie accepted? I have not. Uh, Justin Long and Jonah Hill, where the, they create their own college was that when he was in a hot dog suit yes ask me about my i've never seen the movie but i quote that line all the time i yeah <laughs> i i had an idea of having your chippy where like wearing a bacon suit yeah <laughs> and it's funny because darcy's always like you can't quote that you never saw the movie i'm like i don't care it's funny <laughs> i saw the trailer and it was in the trailer exactly <laughs> But like oh the, whole, the whole YouTube thing has just been more freeing with me because one, it's the the numbers are more tangible for me because I can just go to YouTube. I can go to the studio and I can see how a particular episode is doing. I can see the average duration. I can see where everything drops off. So like mm-hmm. right now I've made a goal. The first 50 episodes of the podcast is focusing strictly on consistency. I do not want to right. miss a single week. If I have to come out with an episode, um, just me by myself, I will do it, but I would mm-hmm. prefer the one-on-ones. Now, short form content, I'll probably start doing more with just me, um, just where I have like a particular topic where I talk about something. There's a couple TikToks that I want to actually um, break down and do a short form video for. Um, but like I can go in, I can see the exact details and then I can start to, after the first 50 episodes, then I can start hammering in, figuring out how to increase that that watch time duration, mm-hmm. how to increase the retention rate, how to increase the click-through and everything like that. But for this year, that all I'm doing is testing consistency. And it's just been yeah. it's been so freeing versus doing the Twitch thing where like you get the summary after everything. It tells you if you're an affiliate or, or partner, it tells you how much money you made there in that stream, your max viewers, your average viewers, and then your stream duration. And yeah. those those emails really started to really start affect my mental health because it made it feel like that I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Twitch discovery rate is dog shit. If you <laughs> are not, kind of, if you yeah. are, if you are not in the top ten percent of a particular game, you are not going to get seen. The only thing that people that you know that are below that ten percent, the only thing that they might have viewers for is because one, they built up consistency; two, they built up a following; um, or three. I don't know. Question mark, question mark, question mark, set for profit. 
for profit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the and that's yeah, that might be a huge difference between you know streamers that are full time versus part time. I know I I rarely look at those uh, emails that show you how many people you know were watching, and I don't even have the viewer count on my Twitch stream. I never know. Um, uh, but I do know, like when I rate out, it shows you like how many people are there. Yeah. And I do see, you know, trends like, uh, we play overwatch. It's, it's becoming like a Monday thing. We play overwatch together. And I think overwatch is in like the top 10 most streamed games on Twitch. Yeah. So I usually have the lowest amount of viewers watching overwatch uh, when I play overwatch. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter to me because I had a good time. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, Especially when me, you have a queue of people that are interacting with you on the stream yeah. versus just you reading text. Right. Exactly. Um, so, like, you know, I might stream out playing Overwatch and it shows like rating with one viewer. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's one um, more viewer the person's going to have. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I had a good time. Um, I'm going over. You know, to someone else's channel, uh, you know, to you know, say hi and hang out in their channel. Usually, I stop streaming around two or three in the morning. I'm half asleep, but you know, uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you know, if I have one person in their channel, it's like, oh, hey, hang out in this person's channel, and yeah. they're they're awesome, and you know, tell them I said hi and everything. But I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and you also do a very good job of vetting the people that you stream into. I know some people have like they just you know they just pick somebody that's playing the same game that they're playing they don't Mm -hmm. vet them and then all of a sudden you come into the stream and you know if your stream doesn't have any cursing at all but Mm -hmm. they you know this person raids out to a stream where it's like f this f that f this um but you do a really good job of making sure you vet the people that you go into whether you've had a prior um interaction with them you're part of the same uh stream team which i believe you're the guild heroes correct guild heroes i'm also in that stream team but as you can see i don't stream anymore (laughs) i thought i was going to when i put the the application in i thought i was going to i thought i was going to focus more on D &D content who knows um i don't know when this is going to happen but i do plan on having a secondary channel called we forge on gaming where it's we're going to be doing some D D shenanigans there Um, i I do plan on doing that i don't know what's going to happen yet so if you want to see something like that definitely tell me in the comments that you want to see it so that i can you know light that fire under my ass so i can get it going um i won't say i have graphics already for it but i do have a couple ideas for graphics for it um nice so like you do a really good job of vetting the people that you stream to and i i i Especially like that, because if I accidentally have your stream up because I'm in lurk mode doing other things, I'm not bombarded with, you know, all the things that aren't present in your stream when you raid into somebody else. And that's I, I ran into a couple problems when I first started streaming um, the whole the whole rating thing, because at the time I didn't really have much of a community. So I was trying to get my name out there. And yeah, like you said, you can raid a different channel. And there's a couple of things you have to worry about. Like you said, the vibe doesn't match the vibe you're looking for. Um, I generally keep things around PG 13 ish. It's not to say that, you know, the occasional F bomb doesn't get flown out or, 
Um, but Are you I mean, kidding if you me? Don't... This guy right here is a saint. It literally <laughs> took us like three episodes of the audio only podcast to actually get you to cuss. <laughs> I even had um, I even had a shirt design set up where it was like all the things that ha- are with your channel and like I put in little tiny curse words in there and your pig character <laughs> has a magnifying glass. Um, yeah, no, this well, angry does not curse. Now, mind you, he probably has done a little bit more. He'll probably do like a damn it, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, you didn't see my Dark Souls deathless run. I'll just leave it at that. I think uh, a few of the curses came out. But anyway, uh, like I said, if you raid into a channel that doesn't match your vibe, it to me, it causes issues. Because anyone who likes my community, everyone who likes kind of the vibe of the channel might be dropped into this other channel and just, I don't, I don't like this at all. And then just leave. And it doesn't you know, help the other person much at all yeah um and you know they might think well why did you why on earth did you send this there um two um i kind of struggled with the idea of raiding um you know do i raid larger channels um i personally like to keep it around the same numbers that i have if i usually average around like you know five ten viewers whatever i might raid a channel that is around there unless i really know the channel i know a couple times i raid people that might have like 30 or 40 viewers but uh, i know the vibe matches um but i find that raiding into a channel that has like 600 700 thousand viewers whatever it, it just gets lost um you know i want my community to go into another channel and have the same amount of enjoyment yeah. that they had in my channel so if they're not going to be able to chat if their chat's going to be you know, overlooked. I don't feel like that's a great um, enjoyment on their end. So I try and keep it around the same number around me. Unless I said, like, they're, they're vetted on my end that I know that the streamer is really attentive to chat and uh, they're going to have a good time there. And that's kind of kind of what I struggled on early on. I know there was one time I raided into a larger channel. And one of the people in chat said, oh, wow, you rated with, you rated with three people. Why did you bother? And I was like, all right, everyone in my chat, you're free to uh, leave this guy's channel right now. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, we, yeah. I don't, that, that kind of negativity, I don't know. I don't agree with it. Because I know whenever I'm rated, if it's one person, two people, 500 people it means the same to me that you saw something in my channel that you wanted to bring your community no matter how big or how small you wanted to bring them over and share them with my community yeah that's that's how i feel yeah i think of as far as like my viewing on twitch i do like it that i'm just on the regular uh, home screen and I'm about to find someone that I'm I'm viewing I do like that they changed it where you can change uh, how all your followers like people that you follow are listed on the side so like mm-hmm. a, uh, so I, I've noticed that a stream that I've been in multiple times will appear more at the top versus the bottom of the list so like when you go live you're towards the top of the list Margie right. goes live same thing um but the suggested 
panel has also been better too. I've, I found five people just in the last month on the suggested that, you know, I really matched the vibe with, um, gluten-free waifu is one. That's a great name. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's so good, but like, I, I love her channel. It's, it's, you know, RPG related. I came in on yeah. a Pokemon stream, but like her community is just so tight knit and yeah. it, you know, she was very supportive and she was, you know, she was asking questions about like what people are doing. And I mentioned the podcast and she's like, that's awesome. And, uh, she allowed me to link it and everything, that's but great. like, um, but it's really cool to find these communities and these vibes when I'm not a current streamer. Like yeah. I, I'm able to keep coming to the platform for, for different reasons other than me seeing how my channel's doing. And I right. do think it's funny. I go, sometimes I'll go into my analytics just because I'm curious and they'll say your top five used emotes and to see that a couple of yeah. my emotes are still being used. Um, Cause I have a couple of them set for bit rewards. And so if someone hits that bit reward, they get to keep that emote for free. Like it's permanent to their tied to their, their deal. And so oh, to right. see, to see a couple of my bit emotes still being used by people around. is really cool. Um, but yeah, streaming for me was hard, but the transition to YouTube has been easier because I can be more hands off with it. Yeah. Um, I could bulk record, edit, schedule ahead of time. And, you know, then when the episode comes out, then I could freak out about numbers. Like you, you can ask, you can ask my wife if a video gets higher than 10 plus views, I'm like running to her, showing her the video, how it's performing. <laughs> and then like, our last episode hit 40 views and it, it came out Friday. Today is Saturday when we're recording this. And that's yeah. nuts for me. Cause you know, one of your episodes, it took almost a week to get to that amount. And so yeah. it's so cool to see like consistency build on itself and each episode is performing better than the last. And that's really okay. been helping. And, you know, we're getting more comments and people are liking what's going on and it's just it's just really cool and i'm finding a lot of success great. with that and yeah i mean you have to find your niche if you're if you're streaming on twitch and you don't like twitch try youtube it's a completely different experience like you said it's more um hands-off and you know you enjoy it more so i mean don't feel that if you want to be a content creator you must stream on twitch it's yeah. it's not written in stone find find your niche well i just think with content creation as a whole like you just need to find your your niche and there's going to be a platform that will accept you if you don't have the time to do you know long form content for youtube tiktok is also a good place now mind you if you yeah. want to make money tiktok is not the place because everyone is bitching about that creator fund but yeah. it's a good place to get your 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 content out there um, you know, yeah. if you're trying to, that, oh, sorry. Uh, like TikTok has been vital for me when it comes to like certain ideas and how I want to do videos. Um, I have a whole list in my, uh, on my iPad, of just ideas I want to do for YouTube. And I probably would have never, never have come up with those ideas if I didn't have content that could be served to me within 30 a minute to three minute long videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all part of 
any platform that you're on, whether it's Twitch, uh, YouTube, whatever, um, networking plays a huge part. Um, I mean, you're not going to get discovered if you're kind of doing your own content in a fishbowl. I mean, you need to you develop a community. You need to reach out and you need to, you know, form those relationships. I mean, uh, most of them you want to have them form organically, uh, but it, I mean, you have to. One of my one of my goals this year is to start on TikTok. Um, it just I for some reason I just find it intimidating, and I don't think I have. Um, I don't want to say. I, I'll, I'll just put it there. I don't know what I would put on TikTok. I know. Um, I know. Faithfully says, "Well, why don't you just do like recipes or quick cooking things?" Or, and I'm like, uh, "Okay, I can do that, but how?" <laughs> like, what, what um, is so that? One of what is that things. coffee brand that you are constantly retweeting about? Bones. Yeah. Um, Bones how many? How many like different flavors of their coffee do you already have? Um. Uh, I'm running low. I probably have like two right now. Two okay, so I'm I'm gonna keep this in the video, but for your to start with your short term content, what I would recommend doing is because a big thing for you is coffee. Mm-hmm. Review coffee. Use a different mug for every video. Post like show like the coffee you're going to review, maybe show like a cup, a little bit of B-roll of you brewing that coffee in the cup uh, well, in the coffee maker. Uh, mm-hmm. Do a shot of you pouring it into your cup of the day. <laughs> um, and I don't know, you can even if you if you find that particular cup online, you can create a link tree to that particular cup. Maybe do find a way to do like an affiliate link for that cup or that coffee brand review coffee. Eventually, over time, if you review a particular company, they're mm-hmm. going to start to see it, especially if people start like if they already have a TikTok, they can start tagging that particular yeah. brand and they can get you some more coffee and promote you. But I think for you, if you don't want to do the recipe stuff right away, you can easily do the, the coffee review. Talk about like this particular coffee, um, you know, for me, tastes better if you add this, this, this and this. Or yeah. if you just prefer it black and you can have like a rating scale just tailored to you, uh, mm-hmm. we can come up with a graphic of like, this is, this is four hams out of five, or this is four slabs of bacon out of five. Four hams. <laughs> but that's actually not, not a bad idea. And that's, that's like I said, one of the things I've never really started on the TikTok, the t- TikTok. I wouldn't want to say TikTok. <laughs> it never comes out right the first time but um the, the clock app yeah that 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 thing um yeah but that's 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 a fantastic idea and funny uh inside story that that was about three weeks ago i actually recorded footage of um a food review of me trying uh taco bell buffalo wings it's still sitting on my hard drive i still have to edit it yeah, it's just. <laughs> I will say that when it comes to short form content, you would be surprised the the amount of people that will like your content because you tailor to a particular niche. Mm. I mean, like, OK, so tea talk is people that make tea, but it's also people that will like post receipts on yeah like different situations that are out there. Um, 
like you can create your own niche coffee talk. You know, it could be about reviewing coffee, but it could also be, I don't know, maybe as you're brewing the coffee, you can find an inspirational quote and read it while like the B-roll is you brewing the coffee and pouring it into your, into your mug. But you could do voiceover of you reading inspirational quote for the day. I like it. Um, I might take that as a, <laughs> as a, uh, I might pin that down somewhere. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you're you're more than welcome to uh, have this snippet. If I need to cut the snippet and export it and just send it directly to you, so you have it, then I have no problem doing that. I'll I'll I will say future soaring, cut that part, send it directly to Hangry. You're 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 making future soaring I very, can, very busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I always say, why do today when I can just pin it on future soaring? Is there? <laughs> But it's funny, I can I can come up with ideas for other people, but when it comes for stuff for myself or like the podcast as a whole, I'm like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't I don't I don't I don't see that. Now, if it comes with merch ideas, I I, I do pretty good with that. Um Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. No, I'll I'll second that. <laughs> yep. But so Content creation as a whole is a very tricky subject to tap around because everyone comes at it from a different point of view. You have the 20 something year old chads that come in and they think it has to be this way. You have uh, the cozy streamers that come in with a completely different viewpoint on how it is. You know, they just want to create a vibe. The chads mm-hmm. just want to get kills and dubs on whatever game that they're, they're playing. I think the thing that people need to understand is that there's a niche for everybody. It's a matter about finding it. And when we go to Twitter, Instagram, all this stuff, and we see how everyone else is doing it and it's not how we're doing it. That's when we start comparing. That's where we start to creep in that negative talk space. Yeah. And you're going to get, I'm a big fan of constructive criticism. Um, if someone wants to come to me with like, I, I watched your stream. I didn't quite agree with this and here's why. Um, I appreciate it so much, but it's up to you to, uh, yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. I think I'm for the future. I will not do that or well, it's something I like doing. So I'm, I, I appreciate your feedback, but I'm going to keep going at it. Um, you're going to get a lot of uh, advice. You're going to get a lot of, but ultimately it's, it's your show. Uh, you want to create the vibe that you want to create me personally. I'm I just a casual, just chill out, come by, hang out, screw around with us. <laughs> that's, that's about it. I'm not competitive. I'm not, um, you know, just over the top. Um, super competitive or anything like that. Uh, but everyone, like you said, everyone has their own vibe and you just genuinely gravitate to what you want to see on this platform. Yeah. So if I were to give some tips when it comes to whether it be streaming or content creation as a whole, I would say one, don't pay attention to the numbers. Cause the first thing that you do, if you start paying attention to the numbers, that's all your, your focus is going to be on. Right. Um, second, I don't know, do stuff that you like. If I wasn't doing the podcast and I still wanted to create content, um, I don't know. I'd probably 
find a way to do art or do like, you know, putting together Gundam models or, you know, this, that or the other. Um, find the stuff that you like. Don't just do it because the trends are, you know, this game right. came, just came out. You got to chase the got to chase the views. Well, guess what? Yeah. If you go after a game that just came out, guess what? You're going to compete competing with everybody else. Everybody thinking the same exact thing. Um, and, so uh, sometimes yeah. I find that some of my friends that are more successful in this endeavor is that they avoid the game that just came out. They stick to either one, the game that they were currently already playing, or B, they just find a little bit a more uh, a, a more obscure game. They may be in the same genre, but not necessarily mm. the same. Like, like there was one guy, uh, the new Fire Emblem game just came out. Okay, yeah. So, like everyone else is playing the new Fire Emblem game. When you know what he did, he found a way to play the very first Fire Emblem game. There you go. And he was playing that, and he, I think he had like like sixty five people in his stream, versus if he would have just did the normal thing, he probably had like ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games out there that have a pretty dedicated fan base. Um, they might not, there might be a lot not, uh, there might not be a lot of streamers playing them. But if you were to pick them up, and you're say one of 15, 20 streamers the likelihood of you getting people stopping by to see, Oh, this guy's playing this game. What do you know? What's, you know, what's, what are they like? You know, how are they playing the game? How is it different? I, um, I, I streamed satisfactory for a while. And, uh, one day I was just looking for something to watch on Twitch. And I found someone who was maybe at, I don't know, five viewers playing satisfactory so i decided to hop in and check them out it was their first playthrough so i'm like well let's see how they're doing uh, this, should, this should be fun and i'm still in his community to this day this was maybe about three months ago That's awesome. i had such a good time in his community the first time i checked him out um that i just i came by the next day came and there was a, just a genuine um uh uh a friendship i guess you would say yeah um that i liked being in his community and you never know you never know um who you're gonna pick up um but yeah like i said stream stream what you like uh you never know who is gonna check you out um i will i will say yes stream what you like but if if you have a genuine passion for a particular game like people want to see passion. People don't want to see you just playing the game just to play the game. Right. Like there's streamers right. out there that play Pokemon, but like they're super freaking knowledgeable about the game. The, you mm-hmm. know, they're saying, well, if I do this move, then the AI is going to perform this way. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. like super intellectual when it comes to their plays. And, you know, they're like top level when it comes to their playthrough. And there's communities that just love that. They gush over that kind of content because, you know, Essentially, someone is taking this game that people consider is for babies, and he's bringing a whole new level to it. Yeah. Uh, like Pokemon Challenges did the Emerald Kaizo, and that's like one of the hardest games as far as Nuzlocke's are concerned, uh, concern, because there's so like the AI for the game is just so high level, and not everyone can perform at that level. Um, I know he's had news articles written about him because it took oh, 151 man. attempts for him to do it. And that community is just insane. Um, 
and it does it also does it also helps that like if people come into his chat and like they're bad mouthing him he has no problem mm. bad mouthing him back <laughs> he says have you had news articles written about you because you're playing a game uh no then shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go and so like people want to see passion people don't want to just see you just going through the motions uh next right. tip would be don't focus on the money guess what when you start off as oh. twitch when you start off as a streamer guess what you don't get any monetization you have to meet the requirements for affiliate and then another step is partner and guess what even if you hit those two requirements you aren't going to make a whole lot of money yeah not unless you're like the top echelon i was about to say like you said if you're in the top 10 percent, then you start seeing money and usually at that point you're doing it full-time anyway yeah um but if yeah if you're getting into this for the money stop manage your expectations <laughs> uh because it's not going to be like that for a while unless you get incredibly lucky yeah you know much like in video games there is rng involved with this like yeah you know you don't just yeah, become I, ludwig just because you you know can you know replicate mogul money or any of the other things that he does, just because you can replicate what he does, doesn't mean you're going to be on the same level that he is. Right. Yeah. And I actually uh, looked up real quick before we came online that um, last year, at the end of last year, 7.3 million active streamers on Twitch. Yeah. 7.3 million. Which is a lot so compared think... to 2020. Yeah. Well, the... Oh, yeah. No, that's... I think... I think last year it was down from like nine yeah, million. Yeah, because people started working again. Yeah, but um, even so, if if you're just starting and you think you're going to be the next big thing, I mean, it's great to have that dream and motivation that you know you're going to you know rise to the ranks. You're going to be the next big star. That's fantastic. You have that motivation. If it's what's keeping you going, but you have to have realistic expectations um, that you are one of many fish in the ocean um so if you don't uh, if you go in and you want to be the next big thing and you're streaming for a month or two three months four months five months six months whatever and you're not you know it, within the top 10 percent um that's where the realistic goals come in uh you can't expect to just go in and rise to the top and that could either you know they can either think to themselves oh well you know i suck i didn't i'm not famous i don't have the million dollar deals and things like that or i mean if uh you go in they're like well you know what i hit my goal of having 15 followers i'm happy yeah it, it, it's it's it, it is what it is i mean people have made careers on that people have done very well they're very successful um, but the likelihood of someone coming in off the street and hitting it big within their first month or two of streaming, I mean, it sounds harsh, but I mean, you're competing against 7 million people. Yeah. Well, and it's not to say that money can't be made. It's just, we need to right. have realistic expectations of what could happen versus what can and is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want, if you're in it to make money, guess what? Twitch is should not be in the top of your list. Right. If you want to make if you want to make money on Twitch, you got to find a way to make content elsewhere to bring people to Twitch. Right. 
create that revolving door and you know you're just gonna you know you can't just sit there and play a video game you're gonna have to have a pad of paper next to you and you're gonna have to say all right clip this moment at this time mm -hmm. uh find ways to make short form content out of your long form streaming you know, there's many ways to do it i recommend watching harris heller he has a lot of videos you know just talking about this you know boosting yeah. the level of your content and doesn't take a whole lot of effort you just got to put in the work and too many yeah. people don't want to put in the work they just want to sit and play video games and make money yeah, and thinking the money will just come into them like well i'm on strip i'm on twitch so you know where's my paycheck yeah and like, like i said it, it it might seem kind of a downer if you're watching this video like hoping to get the pro tips and how to make millions it, it's going to be a downer but it does it takes work like anything else that's going to make you money it does it does take work it takes dedication it takes um a lot of consistency yeah um but if you're having fun along the way if you are doing something you're passionate about that will resonate you might not get millions of viewers you might get 10 you might get 50 you might get a few hundred um but if you are having a good time doing it then Keep doing it, please, by all means. But the reason why we are sounding like a downer is because mostly because we don't want to see the, you know, people get burnout and not make the right. content or people, you know, get super bummed out that they're not performing to this high level that it starts to yeah. degrade at their mental health. And then it ultimately leads to them making the worst decision they could ever make and them not being part of the world at all. Right. Um, thankfully, and, I don't uh, know anyone personally that's done that, but like I've heard in other communities where people have done that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of them comes to mind is Etika. Like he just couldn't handle it anymore. He was a, yeah. you know, uh, Joy-Con boys for life, but like he couldn't handle it anymore. Like the stress of everything got to him and ultimately he made the decision to end himself in that's yeah. tragic like yeah it's... and if it's getting to you at that level the best thing you can do is it's definitely step away um uh work on your mental health work on yourself this will this will i for the foreseeable future this will be here and uh i'm sure if you have a community that cares about you if you tell them you're going to take a break for two weeks, three weeks, however long you need, they will yeah. understand a hundred percent. Well, but to put, to put an extra point to that, if you are coming to the point where like things are getting to that point where you have to step away, the best, mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for your community is to be vocal about it mm -hmm. versus just dropping off the face of the earth and people are assuming the worst. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately that's happened to one of our friends where they just completely dropped off and not everyone got to, you know, have that closure that, you know, hey, you know, all it would take is a message saying, Hey, mm -hmm. things are, you know, this, 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 and this, I got to step away. You yeah. know, it's not because of you guys, because things are going on in my life. I need mm -hmm. to step away and then just leave it at that. Yeah. But you have to understand goes, when it's time to step away. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about when we first started, that uh, your community 
They're your friends. Um, the people that care about you, you care about them. Uh, if you were to equate that to real life, it would be like you just up and disappearing and not letting anyone know. Uh, your family would get worried. Your friends would get worried. Um, so, yeah, you want you want to treat them like you know who they are, your friends. So a quick, um, you might say, "Hey guys, this is really you know I'm going through some stuff. I'm gonna take a break." And um, it, have we've have we we've always been saying throughout this entire podcast, um, you got to express yourself. If something's getting you down, don't feel bad talking about it. Um, just sometimes just getting it out, having people talk back um, and discussing it, uh, you know, that could, for some people, be all you need. Um, but if you need something more than that, you know, take some time for yourself. If you need, like, professional help, that's something, don't feel bad about seeking that out. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's been our... That's been our mission here. Yeah. Uh, work on your communication. Work on how you're feeling and things yeah. like that. You know, the I'm one getting, thing I'm getting a knock, by the way. That's fine. The <laughs> one thing that I stress to everyone is that asking for help is the greatest form of strength that you can show. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap up here real soon. Okay. Um, but asking for help is the greatest form of strength that anyone can show. It is not yeah. a form of weakness. And for too long, men have been shown that asking for help is a form of weakness. And I'm here to tell you, Hanger's here to tell you, everyone in the podcast is here to tell you, that is complete bullshit. Yep. If you need help, ask for it. And if people look, are saying, well, that just makes you weak. Well, guess what? Clearly they have been shown improper ways of showing help. And unfortunately, you know, it's going to take time, but that's the main thing with the podcast is just gradually starting to break down those stereotypes. Um, mm -hmm. And everyone deals with things differently. There might yeah. be, you know, some people that handles issues like that better than others. Um, that feels that, you know, they don't need to ask for help and that's fine. If they can, uh, work out internally, um, you know, situations like that, but not everyone's like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if, if you need it, reach out. But I think this is a great time to put a pin in it and we will definitely come to this conversation later on. Um, yeah, there's a lot more that we can unpack here, but this is just a, a brief, uh, look at both our streaming and content creation and some of the, the successes and missteps that come with it. Um, future soaring. We're going to make this into two episodes because we're at Sorry, future soaring <laughs> an hour 35. And so I actually didn't realize we were going for so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to cut this part out real quick, but we're definitely going to make this into two episodes. So okay. uh, thank you everyone that was here. Um, if you liked it, leave a like, if you're not subscribed, definitely hit that subscribe button and click the bell for notifications because this episode will come out on friday well every episode comes out on friday um but i try to make that consistent so that hopefully you can put make this into your uh weekly routine um i'm super appreciative of everyone that comes here i'm super appreciative of all the likes all the comments because any criticism we get for this 
just means that we have that going into the next episode in the next episode. So like subscribe. Yep. Like subscribe. Uh, if you listen to this on a podcast platform, uh, leave a rating uh, one through five. Doesn't matter um, whatever you feel that we deserve and let us know in the comment, like what can we do to improve? And if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously you can see our faces. <laughs> so, but we're super appreciative of everyone that's here. Um, and just remember when life gets you, well, ugh. When life gets you down, stand tall and we forge on. And I'm going to add one more thing to this. We forge on together, never alone. Have a great week.